much for tuning in. Okay, Stan, this is weird. This is weird. This is so weird. It's not Saturday. It's not weird. It's normal. <laughs> it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Okay, okay. It's Saturday. Let's look ahead a little bit. And you are fishing like a fishing machine because it's the fishing opener. And there are just a couple of times a year that uh, I let Stan out of out of my grip. And this is one of them. It's the fishing opener. Oh my gosh, Stan! I, I'm you're going to have so much fun. You're at the governor's opener, right? Yeah, and we're going to have some great interviews. So coming up after your show, we'll have the fish biologist Don Pereira from the DNR. Cool. Um, the DNR commissioner Tom Landwehr, Mike Coldfront Curry, who helps with the kids' mentoring programs, and uh, John Edmond, who's the director of Minnesota. Explore Minnesota. So lots of good information. (laughs) You have a great lineup. But so everyone tune in to Stan's Outdoor Show at five o'clock right after we're done with this today. But do not call in. So don't call in because Stan's fishing and oh yeah, I am outdoor knocking in New Brighton, but I'll get to that coming up soon. Uh, I have a great show lined up for you today. We are going to talk about cities. We're going to talk about how crazy they are. The cities, the people who are elected to city and county positions, town positions, they're supposed to be nonpartisan. They're supposed to be nonpartisan. They're supposed to be looking out for all of you. That's supposed to be the, the, the entity of politicians that are right in your backyard that you can run into at the grocery store, at the VFW, walking down the street. And now you're seeing more and more and more partisan politics coming up with cities. So we're going to highlight Shoreview. We're going to highlight Minneapolis. We're going to highlight New Brighton this week. You won't believe some of these Why do you hate windmills and solar so much, Sue? (laughs) Okay, I have a segment on renewable energy, too. But um, Minneapolis is on my list i want to cover minneapolis because 100%. they uh, they the liars are trying to tell us that they're going to use 100 percent renewable energy soap is only 99.9 oh so my how do you reach 100 it's yeah it's it's so ridiculous and and you look at uh, at all the different things they're doing it's so crazy uh also today we're going to talk about what's happening at the legislature we're down to about the last uh little over a week left and it's just crazy uh we talked about the omnibus bills last Last week, we talked about how, how, oh my God, they throw in these giant omnibus bills, these giant garbage bills, these bills that have five, six, seven, eight hundred pages long, everything but the kitchen sink. I am so frustrated with it. And we'll highlight some of the things that need to be done sooner. Uh, rather than later, some things that, you know what, shut her down. Just shut her down and go home. We'll all be just fine. Uh, that's not true. We actually have to get tax conformity through for sure. Uh, we have to get Dayton to sign a few things. So in the second hour, we'll cover what's going on at the legislature. I also have a segment today on schools. And you know how I can go down that rabbit hole and spend two whole hours talking about what's going on in the schools. There's some crazy stuff. So, again, you talk about how important local politics are are to you that also impacts the school districts in your neighborhood as as well and i I want everyone to remember tomorrow is mother's day so call your mom 
visit your mom, buy your mom a present or whatever. Tell your mom, if you're lucky enough to still have a mom, tell your mother how much you love her and how great she is. I did, when people ask me all the time, what is your greatest accomplishment in your life? And I say, hands down, raising my three amazing, beautiful, fantastic, wonderful children. They are so awesome. And in fact, we're having brunch tomorrow. So I'm really looking forward to that. But it's Mother's Day and you all owe your mother something. Even if you have a crappy mother, you owe her. You owe her. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. To those of you who don't have moms, I, I share that hole in your heart. I know how difficult it can be. I have some friends of mine who are having their first Mother's Day without their mother. And and I'm my thoughts and prayers are with them. So, again, if you are lucky enough to have a mom, call her up and tell her how much you love her. Okay, let's, uh, let's jump into our busy, busy, busy schedule today. I want to talk local politics. My friend Sue Erickson, who will be a guest in the next segment, um, I always t- talk local, 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 and she's convinced it's loco, 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 and, it, and both, are, both are accurate. So I want to remind everyone that May 15th is coming up uh, next week. And the first half of your 2018 property tax payments are due. And a lot of you people, shame on you. You don't look at your your tax statements because it's included in with your mortgage payment. And the people whose house is paid off or, um, you know, like me, um, we have to look at those statements every single time we get them. And, and if you saw how much money you paid, not only to the city, but to the county and to the, to the school districts and to the, um, special service districts that they have in there, it's, it, Thank goodness they outline your whole, I meant to bring my tax form in with me so I could, could rail on each and every one of them, but. I have a jam-packed show today, so I want you to go look at your tax statement and realize just how much you pay and and try to decide, are you getting what you pay for? Are you getting your money's worth? Or in the case of so many cities and towns and counties, the politicians that are sitting in 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 your local political chairs, throw the sorry bums out. Throw them out. And I highlighted... Three cities in particular, Shoreview. Shoreview, you are, I'm, I'm so mad at Shoreview today. We have, um, we're seeing so many of these cities, counties, townships that are stepping in and doing things that should not be done at a local level. I, I try to explain to people how local control is good, how you want to have the people making decisions for what's happening in your area as close to you as possible. But now you're seeing city council members, county commissioners, uh, mayors, you're seeing them take that step up where they're becoming activists. They're trying to save the world. They're trying to make a political statement. And in some cases, that's even worse, they've been bought off by the special interest groups. And people don't realize when they make these political statements while they're sitting in the in the mayor's chair or in the city council member's chair or in the county commissioner's chair that the the decisions that they make impact you they impact how much money you're going to get to keep in your pocket 
Because in their effort to try to make their utopian world or to shove their political agenda down their throats, it's impacting you. When you when you are paying your taxes, uh, every one of those every one of those decisions that they make impact you. I was really surprised two weeks ago, the Minnesota Daily, the Minnesota Daily actually did an article on why property values are so important to renters. And I thought, oh my gosh, the Daily, who I make fun of on a regular basis for some of their, um, some of the things that they print and worse, write or push. Um, I thought this is really, really good because renters think, oh, I don't have to care what's going on. Yeah, you do have to care what's going on because the decisions that they make impact what's going to happen to the, to the rent you have to pay before you do it. Uh, Shoreview is the one that was on my radar this week. Shoreview became the sixth city in Minnesota to raise tobacco taxes, um, to, to, um, not taxes, to raise the price to purchase tobacco to age 21. This drives me absolutely crazy. Either you're an adult at 18 or you're not. If you can vote, if you can sign a contract, if you can join the military and go off and serve our country for us, you sure as hell better be able to come in and buy a pack of cigarettes if you want one. Shoreview City Council unanimously approved the ordinance on Monday night. Two years ago, they stepped in to try to restrict this, or they stepped in and did restrict the sale of flavored products to adult-only tobacco stores. Um, and they had a bunch of kids get up there and say, you know what, we really want to stop people from smoking. All of us want to stop people from smoking. But the bottom line is either you're an adult or you're not an adult. And you know what? If you can't buy cigarettes until age 21, maybe you shouldn't be able to vote until you're 21 either. Maybe you shouldn't be able to sign a contract. Maybe you shouldn't be able to be tried as an adult in our judicial system. It's, it's, it's so crazy. Shoreview Jones joins Edina, St. Louis Park, Bloomington, Plymouth, and North Mankato in raising the buying age to 21. Um, they're using our money to do this, you know, our money to do this. They're trying to push this at a statewide level. This is what they did with the smoking ban to get it through a bunch of areas. And then the, those businesses in that area, they want everyone to suffer like they do. So then you get a, a statewide policy in place, which is a horrible decision. So convenience stores, gas stations, uh, those kinds of businesses in Shoreview, you'll feel the pain of this. And guess what? Those 18 to almost 21-year-olds, they'll go over to Arden Hills. They'll go over to New Brighton. They'll go over to Roseville. Roseville will see the increased revenue. They'll notice that increased revenue. And you know what? This could be the bottom line that will put some of those businesses out of business. And that's just really, really, really sad. And I'm guessing they're gonna, the city's going to get their tax money elsewhere. Right? Which means the Your citizens pocket. are going to be paying more. Yep, 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 because they're not going to stop spending anytime soon. And what's really astonishing is Tuesday uh, Tuesday marked the 20-year anniversary of Minnesota's landmark tobacco settlement. That was 20 years ago Tuesday, where the tobacco industry agreed to pay the state of Minnesota and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota more than 65 Billion dollars. Yep. 
And the interesting thing about the tobacco settlement is part of that settlement gave billions of dollars that they can keep coming after uh, the citizens of Minnesota and and business owners uh, to come in and they use our money, the money that was supposed to go to Minnesota, that was supposed to go to help people quit smoking, stop smoking, uh, maybe never start smoking, educate people about smoking. They use that instead to step in and try to uh, try to uh, pass these the I call them the smoke Nazis because that's exactly what they are. And of course, because you have billions of dollars, a billion dollar pot, billions of dollars, this pot of money. You might remember Governor Pawlenty rated it for a billion dollars when we were running deficits when he was our governor. And of course, Governor Dayton rated it too to float some bonds. Uh, so yeah, the uh, it's isn't it awesome? Not. When they use our own money to work against us, crazy. When we come back, uh, Sue Erickson, Gina Bauman are going to join me. We got a petition floating around the city of New Brighton. This is the second time we've had to do this, by the way. I tell you again how important it is who you elect to those positions. This is why. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and This is Sue Jeffers. I'm Sue Jeffers. What a clever name for my show. I love that. (laughs) All right. We're talking about cities. We're talking about counties. We're talking about uh, school districts. We're talking about the local... Uh, local units of government and how how much they the decisions that they make impact your life. Most of you know I live in New Brighton. Most of you have heard me talk about a couple of heroes, rock stars, friends and neighbors of mine, uh, Gina Bauman and Sue Erickson. And um, because we care so much about our community and because we love the city of New Brighton, um, we have been fighting against our mayor and our city council for a long time. Um, I, I know in the past I've told you about our lawsuit and petition from last year, and we'll get into that and remind you about it again. We got another petition this year because these deceitful liars that got elected to be the mayor and the city council, they did it again. Again, they did it again. So after an election is over, they come out and they vote to give themselves a longer term. You know, they have an election certificate that says, hey, the mayor gets to be there for two years. The city council members get to be there for four years. No, no, that's not good enough. After the elections, they decide, oh, we think we want an extra year for the mayor. We think we want an extra year or two for uh, for the city council members. Why don't they do this before the election? If they told us up front, I wouldn't care. But these liars, these deceitful liars come in after the election and say, yeah, we know you really want us to stay longer so we're just going to pass an ordinance and make it happen um thankfully last time around gina bauman and sue erickson sued the city and won and it was amazing i had them on um maybe it was the state fair 
I don't know when it was, but um, they they told us all about the lawsuit. So I thought, you know what? Since we're taping this show early, so Stan can go fishing, which I hope you have a great time, Stan. Um, and I hope you catch lots of fish. Not, and I don't mean bottle bass. I mean real fish, the kind you eat, yeah, or throw back, whatever you decide to do with them. Um, I decided I was going to invite Gina Bauman and Sue Erickson in, and we were going to talk a little bit about the crazy, crazy, crazy corrupt city council and mayor in the city of new brighton hi gina hi sue hi sue hi sue okay this is so fun okay gina and sue are my friends and they're my neighbors and so we do stuff and it's so weird to be sitting in the studio looking and seeing both of their bright shiny smiley faces uh looking back at me so let's bring the people up to speed on the city of new brighton let's start with gina and then we'll go to you sue gina you were a city council member you've lived in new brighton a long time it's obvious you love the city of new brighton it's a great community you fought so hard for us until this last election when, hey, stupid people of New Brighton, uh, we had two Democrats running for city council. We had four who leaned to the right side and you lost. And we miss your voice. We miss your voice so much. Uh, you were the only one that even understood economics. You were the only one who valued uh, valued input from all the people of New Brighton, not just the certain one certain side of the aisle. You were the only one who could read a spreadsheet, for God's sakes. Yeah, we miss you a lot. They don't understand fiscal responsibility or the role of city government or anything. Um, well, I, anyways, I was trying to introduce you, but go <laughs> ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. Well, like you said, I'm Gina Bauman, and I served for 12 years on the city council and unfortunately did lose my election last November. However, I still think that what we're doing today um, is important, which is trying to let the public know that what we you can never stop helping your city. You have to continue to do that. What I did for 12 years, sitting there, I understood more than ever what government will do to you if you do not pay attention and local government doesn't engage um, and that is why we're sitting here today I think with you we need more help doing that um, the, the people that currently do sit there I believe are more self-serving in the sense of they don't care as much about the community as they do themselves or holding the positions they hold I I believe what I did, I was more of a representative than a politician and always believed that um, whatever I voted on, whatever I did, was for the greater good of New Brighton. And I hope one day that it goes back to that. And you know what? I'll tell you another thing. If I call the sitting mayor or if I call the other Congress people or the other city council members, who I know, by the way, they never call me back. Never call me back. And one thing, you always called people back and, and answered the questions that they needed to be answered. And I thank you for that. We miss your voice on the city council. And, well, hopefully, I know you'll continue to work hard for New Brighton, but hopefully, who knows what the next election will bring? Who knows? Next up, Sue Erickson. And I guess we should call you Susan so they don't mix up the two of us, although I think they'll be able to tell by the different voices. Sue, you, Susan, you ran last time, and I was, I'm so sad to say it lost. Again, longtime 
member of the New Brighton community, have worked so hard. I will repeat again, when these two, it's scary to step up and sue the city that you, that you live in. It is scary, not to mention outrageously expensive. And I cannot thank enough all the people of New Brighton and people outside of New Brighton who donated money to pay the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Have I got to over 20 yet? And thousands of dollars that 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 people chipped in to pay for this. Uh, oh, and the slings and arrows they threw at you guys just absolutely made me sick. So again, Sue Erickson can read a spreadsheet, uh, something that I question any members, our, may, our sitting mayor or city council members i question if they can read a spreadsheet i don't think they can they certainly have no respect for the people of new brighton or or our money they're looking at our wallets they're eyeing it for everything they can get but it's crazy i wish you would have won uh i wish you would have won your city council race who knows what the next what the next election will bring though who knows i know so do you want to tell people a little bit about you sure i've lived in new brighton about 40 years it's it's i love it um, I was on the planning commission for a couple of years until, until they get- threw you off. <laughs> exactly. That is so crazy, Sue. That is so crazy. Okay. She gets thrown off the planning commission because the mayor doesn't like her and they have a big uh, party, a big party where they're going to have all the volunteers come and they're going to say, thanks volunteers for being so amazing. And Sue was invited to go to the dinner. And then all of a sudden she gets uninvited because the mayor didn't like her. Who? <gasps> Who gets uninvited to the and now and now they've had other people who lean to the right be throw thrown off the commissions. It's outrageous. People in New Brighton, or if you know someone who lives in New Brighton, wake up and help us. Right, Sue? Right, exactly. Uh, there's been about five of us kicked off the plant uh, various commissions that's that's insanity it, only people who have right think and i'm using air quotes with my fingers which people can't see because we're on the radio but yeah if you think like the mayor and the city council you can be on a commission otherwise you can't or if you're a diverse part of the population right does that well does that mean non-white exactly yeah Yeah. And, you know, I just have to ask myself, you know, if the mayor feels that strongly, um, (laughs) I hope everybody went to YouTube. I hope everybody went to my Facebook page. I hope everybody went to or Google it. Uh, Val Johnson, the mayor, went crazy about, oh, she called Gina names and called you a racist and just went absolutely crazy over over white privilege and she's nuts i was shocked that she won again i was shocked i just can't believe the people in new brighton could be that stupid so stupid okay okay so a couple years ago after um the the city council and a different mayor um passed after the election was over they decided to extend the terms of the mayor and of some of the city council members, you guys came in and you sued the city of New Brighton and won. And the city of New Brighton appealed the ruling. And then 
we had to go all the way to the Minnesota Supreme Court. And we had a 17-point ruling that said the city was 100% wrong on every single thing they did, from the ordinance that they passed to how they did it to rejecting the petition. You guys went out and got the hundreds of signatures that we needed. And the city came in and said, nope, 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 you didn't do it right. So the elect, the head election lady, she she got her hands slapped off by the by the um, by the Minnesota Supreme Court as well. The city continues to still lie about this, by the way. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll give you a quick re- recap of the first lawsuit that Gina and Susan filed against the city of New Brighton, where they crushed them with a 17-point ruling. And then we're going to get into, oh my God, they did it again. They did it again. After the last election, the, the mayor and the city council came in and extended their terms again and now we'll tell you about the fight that's going on with that so deceitful so ridiculous so outrageous and i'm happy to say we're writing lots of letters to the editor about it stay tuned lots more coming sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 11 30 and twins twin cities news talk.com Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I'm Sue Jeffers. I have two special guests with me uh, in studio today. Gina Bauman, Susan Erickson. They're my friends. They're my neighbors. And they are fighting City Hall. They are addressing some of the outrageous actions and behaviors that we've seen from the mayor of New Brighton and the city council of New Brighton. Gina, do you just want to give us a quick recap of the first lawsuit? No, notice I said first lawsuit because this, there could possibly be another one. But the first lawsuit, you guys are my heroes. I I know how scary it is to sue Sioux City Hall. And you won. And the, not only did the regular court, but the Minnesota Supreme Court a 17-point ruling that the city of New Brighton broke the law, and we won. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. I I believe that when most people have this happen to them in their cities where they believe their government doesn't do the right thing, you, they kind of just sit back and they don't do anything. Susan and I and a lot of other people, like you had mentioned earlier, had contributed so that we could actually do something about it. I think the whole thing, what we have to realize out of what happened there is that, like you said, we won. You can fight City Hall for doing the right thing. I always stress very much to a lot of people that I know is you don't have to be right, but you have to do what's right. And I think that's what this whole lawsuit was about. Um, Serving at the same time, though, it was very difficult. They made it very difficult for me to sit there um, as as a... They were awful. Rude, insulting, demeaning. Yeah. It was awful. And she sent. They censured me for eight months. I didn't get to go to any of my commissions. I didn't get to rep- really represent us on the outside of the city at all. I always it, wondered why you never sued them for slander and libel. Well, never mind. Never Keep mind. going. <laughs> so, but that lasted eight months, and it continued even after. There, there are people who, like I said, forget about why they're there and the people, but. I think ultimately we just have to be glad we won and we did the right thing. And hopefully this will lead into something better this time. And one of the things we did after the victory, the huge victory, 
was we went to the legislature. We went over to the to the Minnesota House of Representatives and the and the Minnesota State Senate. And Sue, you actually testified in front of the Elections Committee at the Minnesota Senate, trying to get the law clarified so that the local units of government wouldn't step in and trample trample on us again. Exactly, and. Uh Our mayor and one of the council members were there to testify against it. And all it's doing is saying that councils cannot change their terms on their election certificate. I mean, that's very reasonable. Totally reasonable. But they think they can. And and the part that bothers me the most, um, obviously, I'm outraged that they think they should be able to extend their terms longer. I don't want them any longer. I don't even want them now, but I don't want them longer than what we have now, um, is that both times, both times that they did this, which was a different mix of people. It was a different mayor both times, different council members both times. Not Gina. Gina Bauman voted against it. Yay. Thank you, Gina. Um, but But it was two different councils, two different mayors. And they did it after the election. That outrages me. If they would have told us before the election that we were voting for a mayor for three years or a council member for however many years, you know, I might have said, okay, that's all right. So it's important that we get this law clarified. If we don't, we have to do another petition, right? Well, their ordinance is not effective until August 19th. And if a petition is brought by June 17th it goes away they can't do anything about it so that's what we're going to have to do we want to get the law changed but we also want the we also want and we need hundreds of signatures we got a a lot of them now but if you want to sign um i'll give you contact information coming up where where you can add your name onto this too because we'd love to have way more than the 500 and however many that we need um So we want to change the law. We want to sign the petition to overturn this ordinance to hold them to what the people elected them to, the terms that the people elected them to. And in fighting, Gina, you had a great letter to the editor in the Sun Focus uh, last week. Uh, I think it's going to be in the New Britain Bulletin this week. Uh, What is your petition basically trying to say? I believe what we're trying to do here is have... Enough people sign. Well, we need 10% of what vo- who voted last time. So we had over 5,000 voters, and we need over 500. And like you said, hopefully more. I th- My letter, I think, explains more than just the petition and why you need to sign it. And what that means is they are out there with numerous, uh, you don't want to call it propaganda, but they, they really saturated the city with trying to say what they were doing was the right thing and this is the best for the city, and they're more economically, you know, the cost. And so what they really did is they inflated all the costs. They they really are basically lying to the people. Of course they're lying. It doesn't cost $150,000 to put on an election. And, and, and the other part that makes me mad is they talk about, um, they try to make this about even odd years. It's not about even and odd years at all. Because of the school district, we're going to have even and odd um, election events uh, no matter what. So they lie about the cost. They lie about the reason. They lie about the the even and odd years. And and with that cost, it what they're saying is in the odd years, we can 
change it in the sense of, okay, odd, even year. But we also can do that 50-50 with the school district. Right. So the cost isn't as much as they're saying. The cost truly is probably about $15,000 a year for our odd year election. I actually um, spoke with Ramsey County and got a quote. And the quote for the 2019-20 election and that's the presidential election, not just governor, but presidential election and the city council election would be approximately over a hundred thousand dollars less than they are quoting the cost for what if if they did it in house. Why would they lie like that? To I think to justify what they're trying to do, which is you know they want to stay in another year and they want to change it the odd years, and the only way to really do this is the way they believe. But like Susan said. This petition will stop that because their ordinances, when it comes to something like this, ordinances are not. When you can do a petition referendum to put it on the ballot, it's 240 days after the ordinance. They are going out to the public and pretending that it is today. It's a done deal. It's done. And people believe it. This is why thank you for having us on and people really need to know. So I think I think the point that you're trying to make is and why we want people to sign the petition is uh, the shenanigans that they're pulling is not about even or odd year elections. It's not even about changing the election year. It's about holding the 2019 election that preserves our right to vote for what we think we're voting for um, and and not let them get away with the, this kind of deceitful shen- shenanigans. They're saying that it will engage so many more voters, but wouldn't an election engage more voters? Th- that's a false narrative. They're good at that. They're good at that playing the game. So what does the petition say? Basically, what does the what is the petition saying? It's saying that we want to require the city to hold the 2019 election so that everybody can vote on the vote for the people that they want to for the terms that are set. So, in other words, we don't want the mayor and city council just arbitrarily coming in and changing the length of, of a city council or mayor's term. We want the people of New Brighton to be able to decide this, not five members of the city council exactly right but i i also think what we need to stress is that um the petition needs to be signed by june mid mid june we need all these signatures mid june and it would really help us if um they would contact whatever you're going to tell them to contact but i i also believe that um in signing the petition people have to know you cannot cancel an election that you know that was not in the statute at all. You can't just cancel it and, and extend your terms. That is false. So that's why I think all this false narrative that we're talking about today should be clarified. And that's by what the I legislature. Think. And I yes. And then I think my op-ed helps that a lot. I think so too. I can't thank you guys enough. So if people from New Brighton want to. Uh, sign it. How do they sign it? Where do they go? Where do they get information? More information on this. They can either contact myself. Um, it's Gina Bauman at Comcast.net. Gina Bauman at Comcast.net. Gina Bauman at Comcast.net. Or email to Sue. That's all one word at Comcast.net. Sue at Comcast.net. Email to Sue. Oh, email to Sue at Comcast.net. Mm-hmm.
Yep. You can also call me at 651-636-9526. I always do, like Sue said, I will answer your phone calls and call you back. Okay, we got to get these signatures. So if you live in New Brighton, if you know someone who lives in New Brighton, call us. We'll come over to your house. I'll come over to your house. Have coffee. I like coffee. Or cake or pie. Any any ice cream. No, I'm kidding. Call us. We'll come over. We'll get the signatures. Uh, If you want to come out and help us door knock, if you want to come out and we're we're handing out some flyers, uh, gathering signatures, I can't believe how mad people are. I just can't believe it. When you tell them what's going on, they are furious, and they should be. Gina Bauman, Susan Erickson, thank you so much for coming in. Really, really, really appreciate it. This is Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130, and Twin Cities Newstalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really, really appreciate Susan Erickson and Gina Bauman coming in and tell us telling us about the shenanigans in New Brighton. I hope you will spread the word so we can uh, you can help us uh, get signatures. Uh, you have to live in New Brighton. You have to be over eighteen years old, uh, and we'd love to have you sign. But the our sad petition. thing is, is if it's happening there it's i know know, odds are if you look at the numbers it's probably more than likely happening elsewhere one of the things that i that i was telling some of the legislators when we were talking about um the problems with this ordinance and they changed the ordinance but there were still some problems with it which happens a lot over at the capitol um but i was telling them did they realize how scary and how expensive it is to sue your city do they realize that? And 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 we managed to raise the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that we needed. But a lot of people aren't in that same spot. And you watch cities and counties trampling over their citizens over and over and over again. And by the way, this this is not just people who own property there. This is this is people who rent there, too. So it, it all matters. And and pay attention to who you're voting for into these positions. Uh, Minneapolis, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I, I am always after Minneapolis. Um, Minneapolis, uh, Announced they have become the 65th city uh, in the United States of America to adopt 100% renewable energy. They're lying to you, people. They're lying to you. This is when I talk about city council members and mayors uh, becoming activists and becoming uh, people who want to push an agenda, people who are are not focusing on what's best for you. The Minneapolis City Council and Mayor Jacob Fry announced last uh, a week ago last Friday, the city pledges to achieve 100% renewable electricity for municipal facilities and 100% renewable electricity for operations by 2022 and city wide by 2030 liars liars I was gonna say, isn't there something liars. statewide where it's 20 percent by 2020 uh there there is a state yeah, so law they're that way going above to, that oh yeah yeah there's a ridiculous state law that they never make their they used to make their um projections but now they they don't anymore but the bottom line is they're lying to you and i want to give credit to american experiment because they wrote a great piece and they said according to echo watch the measure was approved unanimously by the city council with the council claiming the resolution was crafted in response to the threat of climate change that was caused primarily by the combustion of fossil fuels 
Okay, first of all, they're lying. They're lying about climate change being being caused by the combustion of fossil fuels. All you have to do is look at Hawaii. Look at Hawaii and their giant volcano that's going off right now. Right now. Right now. That's a really scary video they got over there of that, too. Uh, the bottom line is the city of Minneapolis is lying to you. Uh, they will not actually run on 100% renewable energy. And let me say something. There's nothing wrong with renewable energy. The problem comes when you get government interfering into our energy markets. Thanks, Tim Pawlenty, for nothing. His renewable energy standards put Minnesota on this ridiculous, outrageously expensive path towards renewable energy. And in Minnesota, we are paying some 30 to 40 percent higher electricity rates because of these ridiculous mandates that Tim Pawlenty signed into law. And why did he sign those into law? Oh, yeah, not because he was looking out for Minnesota. He signed them into law because he wanted to be the next president of the United States. Well, that flopped. He Donald Trump's the president, not Tim Pawlenty. And here the people of Minnesota are stuck with this horrible renewable energy um, uh, mandates that Governor Pawlenty put in. And, and Mark Dayton, to be fair, Mark Dayton has piled on top of them. We have seen more wind and solar. In fact, in 2016, Minnesota added 291 megawatts of wind generation. That's more than the state's total capacity was in 1999. That's unbelievable. So the city of Minneapolis won't actually run on 100% renewable energy unless the city of Minneapolis plans on using hydroelectric power. Uh, they do use some. We should all use more. By the way, you could fix that renewable energy mandate of Tim Pawlenty's if you put hydroelectric in there. Uh, but the whole thing should be scrapped. Uh, this is because the wind and solar can only produce electricity when the wind is blowing and the sun is shining. Guess what? We live in Minnesota. So Minneapolis will continue to purchase their electricity from the grid, which is mostly powered by coal and nuclear plants that have provided power to the city for decades. Yes, we have some contributions from wind, natural gas, and solar, but in order for Minneapolis to meet this ridiculous, and I'll say outright fraudulent, claim of 100% renewable energy, Minneapolis will have to purchase renewable energy certificates. You know what a scam that is. Renewable energy certificates are creative accounting. It's a mechanism that allows for the sale of renewable energy credits. This is so ridiculous. You know what it does? It drives up the cost of electricity. So once you've got a system of these credits in place, it makes it possible for you to buy green electricity. So you buy this green electricity from somewhere else. You buy the same amount of greenness from these credits and boom all of a sudden they can claim their electricity in green so it is green so the city of minneapolis does not actually buy the green energy they are just buying a piece of paper that says oh yeah your energy is green so you know what that means that means businesses families all of us are going to have to pay more money in taxes so the city can purchase the same amount of electricity that they would have bought anyway this is so absolutely ridiculous don't let the liars get away with that just don't let them 
get away with it. Oh, they make and me Speaking so of mad. papers, like diplomas and such, how are uh, the schools in the local area going? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm mad. Get to that. <laughs> I'm mad at the. I do. I, I do. I'm mad at the schools, and I'm going. Oh my God, Ramsey County has the whole worst idea. Governor Dayton is is in this relentless pursuit of our small children and more union revenues. Uh, the DFL and Mark Dayton is just bound and determined to get this so-called emergency funding because the schools are underfunded. $19 billion is not underfunded, if you ask me. And the Minnesota Department of Health is going after various school districts uh, over discipline disparities. This is so crazy. But before we get into all the local things, I think we'll put that into the next hour. Uh, Donald Trump has been snubbed again, Stan. Donald Trump has been tr- been snubbed. Uh, prominent universities, it's graduation season, and prominent universities are not asking Donald Trump to be the commencement speaker. Uh, Every year, at least one military school typically hosts the current president as a grad speaker. Um, Last year, Donald Trump gave speeches at Liberty University and at the United States Coast Guard Academy. President Obama's first year in office in 2009, Obama spoke at the University of Notre Dame, Arizona State University, and the United States Naval Academy. This year, Donald Trump hasn't been invited anywhere, but he probably will speak at one of the military schools. Hillary is going to speak at Yale. Al Gore's at the University of Maryland. Biden's at Rutgers. Um... Uh, John Lewis is going to be out there. Cory Booker is going to be out there. Mike Pence is set for Hillsdale. As for President Trump, last year, his speech at Liberty, he emphasized his belief in, in America, we worship God, not the government. And I guess they don't want to hear that at the universities these days. So when we come back, I will talk more about the schools here in uh, Minnesota because there's a lot of stuff going on. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.